Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the uh, 16th day of November, 2019. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the uh, 7th chapter, the Gospel of John, concerning Jesus' journey to the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember, he did not go up with his brethren, but he went up by himself. He went for a reason. Uh, one of the three feasts we talked about that uh, the, that uh, that the Jews were required to sojourn to wear Jerusalem, uh, and he showed up. He was a keeper of the law. Matter of fact, he's the only one that kept the law. Crossed every T and dotted every I, and because he did, he fulfilled the law for me and for you, which means you c- cannot do and never will be able to keep the law. Only through Jesus Christ is the law kept. He is our righteousness. Our righteousness. We believe him. And as was for Abraham, it's counted unto us as righteousness. Not ours, but his. Our righteousness is but filthy rags before the throne of God. So we're going to talk today, verse 37, about the last day of the feast. Before we do, let's pray. Father, bless your word. Lord, let uh, let your gift of teaching fall. We know that uh, we can't do this without you. That the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. You never, your ears going to hear this word. You know every situation, every circumstance they're dealing with. And we ask you, Lord, that that which you said will not come back void, but will do that which you sent it to do, will have effect on people's lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Talk about the last day of this great Feast of Tabernacles. The feast uh, lasted seven days, uh, except in the what they call the diaspora, which is the uh, the, dis- the the Jews that were dispersed. It lasted eight days. So in the holy city, it lasted seven days, and this is the last days. Or seven, God's number of what uh, completion, uh, the perfect number. Bible's full of sevens. Revelation, I think, some 64, I forget how many times it's in in that particular book, but everything is seven. And uh, seven churches, seven vows, seven plagues, seven, 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 seven. So this this particular feast lasted seven days. The Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booze, the Feast, uh, what they call Sukkot. We talked yesterday about uh, what it meant. Remember, um, Feasts are not times to eat, but feasts are appointed times. God's appointed time. Uh, <clears throat> Kairos time. Uh, even we could call it a dispensation, an appointed time when God does certain things different ways. Hebrews 1, it's sundry times. God spoke through the prophets, but now he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. We are living in the church dispensation or the church age. 
This age is about to come to an end. The signs are all around us. One of the signs I'm noticing is the desensitization of the church and people to what's going on around. It's so easy in the days in which we're living to uh, stick our heads in the sand and try to ignore what is going around, the signs that are around, but, but, but they're here all the time. Uh, if we heard on the news what we hear today, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it would shock us, but it doesn't seem to bother us anymore. Well, I mean, what's going on with that? Uh, are we growing? Is our love waxing cold? Um, are we just not willing to look at what's, what's happening around about us? And um, we can't ignore it. As as painful as it might be at times to to notice what's going on, the plight of man in the world today, and the Bible says that men will wax worse and worse, that they will give, listen to me now, heed to spirits that seduce, and they will follow doctrines or teachings of devils. In other words, they'll be taught from the realm of the heavenlies, the place where uh, Paul talked about, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. We can't ignore that either. We don't, uh, you know, we need to stay balanced. And, you know, we're not going to talk about demons all the time. We're talking about Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, then uh, I will draw all men unto me. But we've got to realize where we are at and where we are at prophetically. Um, and men and women, Americans and, and, and people of all the world are becoming so desensitized to the times. That's why Jesus said, I will come as a thief in the night. That's why he gave the parables of the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Some had their, their uh, the oil in their lamps, had their wicks trimmed, and were ready for the bridegroom. But there were those that had no oil. Their uh, lamps were a mess. They weren't ready to receive nothing or light anything. So this is where we're at. Jesus talked about the last church he gave reference to, or he talked to. It was the church at Laodicea, the lukewarm church. The church that said this, we have need of nothing and he said, yes, but you're blind, and you're poor, and you're naked. The perfect uh, uh, copy, I would say, of the modern-day church, the money church. Okay? We have need of nothing. We've got everything we need. But if we lack Christ, if the Holy Ghost is not the center of our worship, and the center of our very church, if he does not orchestrate everything that goes on in that particular body, if man in any way, shape, or form motivates and plans and controls what the church is doing, then I ask the question, are they really the church? Jesus said, upon this rock, or that word rock there means big rock, means platform, means large bed rock, something that will sustain and keep. 
And Jesus said, upon that rock, I will build my church. Not churches, church. So I've said many times, I see no denominationalism in the Bible. Well, John was a Baptist, and he was a baptizer. Okay, so I, I, I don't see the church stalled up, okay? So are we reading the Word of God? Are we taking the Word of God for what it says? Do we really think that Jesus is coming soon, or have we become Laodicean? Have we become lukewarm? Have we become desensitized to what's going on into the world? Can we afford, God help us today, to allow this worldly system in which we live crust us over and we become so engulfed and so involved in it, so motivated by it, so ran by it? Hmm? Our activities that we do during the week, and I'm not condemning anybody's activities, you got to live. You got to you, know, you got to uh, work. You got to do the things you got to do. You got to occupy. The Bible says that's a military term. Occupy until he comes. But are we getting it? Are we really uh, per- perceiving and discerning the times in which we live? Are we actually looking for Jesus Christ to come back, or do we think that by some uh, uh, I don't know, reverse osmosis, whatever it might be, that we're going to wake up some morning and 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 the world's going to be fine and there's going to be cotton candy and everybody's going to be good. No, no, no. That's not Bible. The Bible says men will wax worse and worse. Deceive and being deceived. We'll call good evil and evil good. So we need shaken, all of us need shaken to where we are at. Do we actually expect Jesus Christ to come back? Are we looking for him? Do we love his appearing? God help us today. And we can't afford to become desensitized to what's going on around and about us. Our 24-hour news cycle, we just become numb to it. If you've ever got hit in places on your body, time after time after time, you'll know that after a while, you're just numb. You don't feel it anymore. You just like, well, whatever, you know. And, you know, I can't do read anything about it. You know, it is what it is. How many, how many people you heard say it is what it is? You know, it's just, uh, it's just, oh, that's just life. But. The Bible says the church is called to be proactive. We, 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 we are called to preach the gospel, to give the lost and the dying hope, to warn of the times in which we are living. The sons of Ishkar were a tribe of Israel that knew what to do for Israel at a time and discerned the times. You know, are we discerning? The, are we being the watchmen? I know. I know I'm kind of staying here a little bit, but are we being the watchmen that God has called us to be? Are we isolated ourselves on an island somewhere? This is our little church, our little four, and no more. You know, we uh, have we become uh, societies rather than the church? Hmm. Have we become clubs and social clubs rather than the church? 
Think about this today. And it starts with us allowing the Holy Spirit, God help us today, to shake us, to out of our, <clears throat> I might use the term spiritual coma. You know, we're, I don't really feel anything. I'm just going to, you know, yeah, it's Sunday tomorrow. We're going, I'm, we're going to church and blah, blah, blah. And, and the preacher's going to get up at uh, 11 o'clock and he might be done by 12 or 1230. And then we're going to come home and eat. And then we're going to we'll go out and eat. And then we're going to go back to church that night. And then they're going to sing and the preacher's going to preach again. And then we're going to, then we're going to start our week over again. Blah, just, just a, a cycle. We're just in a cycle of seemingly no interruption. Is that is that really God's plan for the body of Christ? I'm I'm, I'm just asking, and, and it takes more than just one for a body, where two or three agree on any one thing that shall be done. Should we not be stirred? God help us today to the core of what's going on around and about us, the plight of others in our lives. I've often used the term familiarity breeds contempt. Have we become so familiar that we are actually maybe allowing familiar spirits of God to operate in us and around us. Help us today, Lord. The song says, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord. When we take a, a spiritual challenge, I would say, God, stir us. Stir us, awaken us, jolt us. Jolt us. Give us... Uh, Shock treatments, whatever, Mike. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> but Jesus said these days just fly past. At the time we think not. The Son of Man cometh in the clouds. Then <clears throat> what follows after the rapture of the church, which I totally believe in, is the thousand-year millennial reign, or I'm, I'm sorry, the seven-year tribulation. And we read about it, the three and a half years, and then the last three and a half years will be the great tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, how the Antichrist really shows up and shows his true colors. But but John said, and many others said, that the Antichrist spirit is working right now. Do we not need to clean out our prayer closets? Quit condemning others and talking about others and finding fault in others and moving in jealousy and envy and strife and God help us today. You've been weighed. The Spirit of God spoke to I think it was Bel Belshazzar and you've been you've been weighed and in the spirit and found wanting. You're you're wanting. Yeah. Maybe we don't possess what we profess. God help us. Are we really Really, really doing what the church is supposed to be doing? Are we anything close to the church of Acts? Are we? No, that's all passed away. No, I totally disagree with that. I'm the same yesterday and today and forever. The five, the, the fivefold ministry is still in existence. Now, you know, we need to determine what they are and, and define what they are and realize that uh, you don't name yourself one of them. That the, it's a gift of God given to people diversely and different people in different ways, but uh, it wouldn't be in the Bible if they were still in existence. I mean, why? Why, why, why? Uh, hmm. 
So I uh, kind of went off there, but on something different what we're going to talk about today. But uh, I believe we need, if, if there's ever been a time for self-examination, it's now. If there's ever been a time that we individually get in our prayer closets and realize in our spirits that we probably don't have a whole lot more time to get it done. That we need to first address our infirmities, our weaknesses, our sins. The secret sin needs to be addressed in our lives. Come on. Oh, you believe church-going people sin? Yes. All sin to come short of the glory of God. That's our greatest battles with sin. We deal with it every day. It's in our face every, every day. There's only one thing that can break the cycle of sin. And eradicate sin and forgive sin and take care of sin. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's, that's why he must be preached in the house of God. If he be lifted up, then he will draw all men unto himself. Not your program. And I'm not against programs. And certainly against church government. There must be decency in order in the house of God. But I'm just saying it's time that man lets go of the reins and let the Holy Ghost once again operate in the house of God and do what he wants to do. And he'll do it according to this book that I'm holding in my hand. And according to what was spoken. It's the fulfillment. Upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Not the buildings. They were so enamored with the temple. What's going to look how beautiful Jesus, and Jesus said, not one stone will stand upon another. And the temple itself was flattened. The building doesn't mean nothing. It's, we are the church. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. Okay. Food for thought today. Let's let's once again be sensitive to the times. And once again, be sensitive to the voice and the and and and, and the, the prodding of the Holy Ghost in our lives. He is our leader, our guider. Listen, I was raised on a farm, and there's a certain time the animals, sheep especially, need to be need to be led. They're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Okay, they're docile. They're they're prone to attack, prone to destruction. But Jesus said, "I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one that leave the ninety nine to go get the one." Okay, verse thirty seven, John, chapter seven. So at the last day of the feast, remember we said this: the the, the feast lasts seven days in the holy city, and eight days in those that were dispersed. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. And that's what he did. He cried, saying, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, see the, uh, the inclusion, the, the universalism of this thing, that he's the answer for every man. If any man thirst, do what? Let him come unto me and drink. Now, gives reference back to the woman at the well. Okay? He said, the water you drink from this well, you will thirst again. But the water that I give you, you will never, ever thirst again. 
Think about this. So Jesus is the living water, the one that keeps us, the one that helps us, that leads us and guides us. So that word cried there, I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. That, that means as a uh, like a raven screaming. You ever been in the woods hunting and heard, heard a crow? I mean, just Oh, just, just I know that's a bad imitation, but just it's so shrilling, or uh, it means to shriek or explain, exclaim. It's uh, actually call out or scream. So, do you think he was trying to get their attention? They were caught up in the feast, which is they they were doing what the law told them to do. They were there for that reason. They were celebrating the feast of tabernacles. But Jesus fulfilled all the feasts, okay? So he cried, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The Bible says, If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Are we hungry? There's another question we need to ask ourselves today. See, we need to take the word of God. Um Personally, are we hungry? Are we thirsty? Do we really want to press into the things of God? Okay. Like I said, the last day of the feast, like I said, seven days or eight days to the, to the one that are dispersed. Um, and this presents probably one of the greatest invitations that's ever given to man. Another one I like is, Come unto me, you that have laden in labor, and I will give you rest. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, on this particular day, the last day, the the, the high priest would uh, would go to the pool of Siloam, and he would draw water, and he would bring that water to the temple. And when the morning sacrifice was on the altar, he poured the water, mingled with wine, upon it, while the people were singing with great joy. It was perhaps at this time that the Lord made His great prophecy of fullness of the Holy Spirit in the life of each believer on Him, on the feast. On the feast. John 7, 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, or his inner being, shall flow rivers of what? Living water. Hmm. Alive. The life that Jesus talked about is zoe. I guess you spelled Z-O-E, which means a God kind of life. Galatians 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through who? Only through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So he's talking about the Spirit, the Spirit of God. That should be an operation in our lives. We should be baptized in. A separate work from salvation. I know that goes against the grain of a lot of people, but that's what the Bible teaches, in my opinion. Okay. I know opinion really don't matter, but what the Bible talks about the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence and speaking in tongues that the Spirit of God gives utterance. You study that. He said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
John 7, 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the because that Jesus had not yet been glorified or crucified or resurrected. Okay? So, when did the Holy Ghost fall? Acts 2, according to the Bible, the day of what? Pentecost, another one of the feasts that people were required to sojourn to, to celebrate. 50 days after what? Passover. And who is our Passover? Jesus Christ. So, the time which John is writing here, when he's inspired to write, was before the crucifixion. Okay, we know that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected three days later. He was raised with a what? Glorified body, which one of the signs that all sin had been taken care of would turn, making it possible for the Holy Spirit to come in a new dimension, the promise of the Holy Spirit, which he is God's representative and ambassador, which he's God, by the way, on the earth. He's not an it. He's a him. They never refer to the Holy Ghost as it. He's part of the Elohim or the Godhead, the third person of the Trinity, which operates in the lives of the believers as far as they will let him. I've been taught, and he is, Yeshua, he is a gentleman. He will not invade your space, unless, God help us say, unless you allow him to do so. We sing the song, Holy Spirit. Thou art welcome, wow, in this place. And nothing can be done apart from the Holy Spirit. He distributes the gifts. He's the one that cultivates our fruit. He's the one that leads us and guides us into all truth and all righteousness. We're living in that day when we are supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost. Okay, John 740. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, this is a prophet. Well, just like he said of John the Baptist, more than a prophet. He was, of course he was a prophet. He was a king. Or is a king. He's the son of the living God, the Messiah. They didn't recognize him as such, for the most part. Verse 41, others said, this is the Christ, or the anointed one, or the one that was sent. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? They were looking from where he came, his direction. Okay? He was uh, 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 marked according to where he came out of Nazareth or Galilee, and you know, places that you know the prophet wasn't going to come out of. Micah said, out of Bethlehem, which was his birthplace. Okay, He lived in Nazareth, he lived in Galilee. Yes, he was a carpenter's son, but he was the son of the living God. So many of the people, therefore, when they heard his saying, said the Temple Mount was thronged with people this time. Uh, they're celebrate the great feast. And they said, truly, this is a prophet. In the book of what Deuteronomy, one of the book, the book of Moses, with the Pentateuch, chapter eighteen, verse fifteen, the Lord thy God will raise up in thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, yet 
I'm sorry, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. It's a prophecy that Moses gave. So he was certainly a prophet. Others said he was Christ, which means the anointed one. Which actually points towards the Messiah. Remember, they were looking for the suffering Messiah and the reigning Messiah. So they said, but some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? So they were looking at the scriptures. Isaiah 9, 1, what's it say? Nevertheless, the dimness shall uh, not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first be lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan of Galilee in the nations. Okay? He was born in Bethlehem. He was raised around Galilee. Jesus of Galilee. But it had nothing to do with his kingship or his lordship. They, in other words, uh, judge according to culture, I guess. Still done today. Still done today. 742. Have not the scripture saith that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? Okay. Micah 5. Verses 1 and 2. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheek. Who's that talking about? Christ. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though thou be little among thousands of Judah. What tribe was he out of? Judah. Yet out of thee he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. There you go. He fits the scriptures perfectly. They just didn't see it. They didn't see it. They see where he was at now, his affiliation now. See, Jesus Jesus uh, mingled with the sinners. <laughs> what are you doing? Why you come to the temple? Why don't you rub elbows with the religious crowd? Because he said, those that are sick, Need a what? Physician. Verse 43. So there was a division. Imagine that. Among the people because of him. He he brought a division. Same today. The vision of who Christ is is very divided in the church world today. He has a disciple who do men say that I am? Then he asked the question, who do you say that I am? Peter said in the spirit, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And you know what he said upon this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So they were divided. And this comes from lack of understanding of the scriptures. They didn't study to show themselves approved. They had the Old Testament. Jesus picked up Isaiah when he came out of the wilderness and read out of Isaiah 61 and said, This day, these words have been fulfilled in your ears. I'm the one Isaiah is talking about. And they were looking, what? Scratching their head. And some of them just wanted to please the Religious hierarchy. Woe, listen to me, unto men pleasers 
and those that follow men without confirmation, and those that follow men that go against the scriptures. We can't seek approval, people. We must be God pleaders, according to what the Word of God says. Woe unto the man, woman, boy, girl that leans on the arm of flesh. John seven forty four. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Why? It wouldn't his time. It wasn't going to happen until God had an appointed time, the Passover. There again, the feast is an appointed time. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. When the Jews heard the word lamb, they thought of the first Passover and every Passover afterwards. The lamb. There was no need after he was crucified to offer lambs anymore. Because the blood of the bull and goats and lambs cannot cover or eradicate sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 45, John seven forty-five. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees. And they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? Uh-oh. That means that when he came, they were looking for him. They were, you know, they, the word of God says, Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? That's that's in uh, John 7, uh, 11. I mean, they weren't looking to converse with him or socialize. They were looking to arrest him. He had upset their apple cart, religiously speaking. So that's what they intended to do. And eventually he would be arrested. We know the betrayal. We, we know exactly what you know what, what took place. And this was the point. Jesus Christ was not murdered. He laid his life down willingly, laid aside his deity and become man and died as a man. That mean you might live. There's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. Then the officers answers, verse 46, never man spake like this man. So what were they, what were they feeling who speaking? The Holy Ghost. They were feeling and sensing. And little did they understand, but they said there's something different about this guy. He doesn't talk like the other rabbis. He doesn't carry himself like the other rabbis. He doesn't come across maybe in a, 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 a form of arrogance like religious leaders often do. Okay. Verse 47. Then answered them the Pharisees, <laughs> Are you all so deceived? Well, they need to turn that around on themselves. They were the ones that were deceived. They didn't see him for who he was. Verse 48. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on him? <laughs> Not openly. Huh? Not openly. But I remember one the leader, um, please name was Nicodemus, that come to Jesus at night. You think he might have received him? You think Jesus might have taught him about being born again? Verse 49. Now, the Pharisees were asking the questions of, of of the officers. Okay, verse 49. But this people who knoweth not the law, listen, are cursed. Wow. Now, the law was everything to them. They, they wore it on their chest. Uh, 
they quoted it. They even made, they even amplified it. They even made different, like 800, 900, I forget what it was. Um, the written law and the unwritten law, and they had laws for this and laws for that. And I mean, I mean, you were so bound by legalism and laws and laws and laws and laws and laws. They were, of course, adamant. We talked about that, but you don't do nothing on the Sabbath, no piece of pussy, you know, don't do anything. You know, but yet we talked about yesterday, they would circumcise on the eighth day if it fell on the Sabbath. Okay, so, okay. John seven fifty. Nicodemus, uh-oh, who, who's this guy? Nicodemus, remember him? They come to Christ by night. Said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night being one of them. What did he say? Verse 51. Doth our law judge any man before it hear him? Is there any justice in our law? And know what he doeth? So this was a maybe a feeble plea uh, from, from Nicodemus. Uh, but yet, he'd been with him in the night, and Jesus taught him about the born-again experience, and, and uh, he honored him. He honored Christ right there. Didn't do any good as far as what what would happen. But they said, not our law just. Okay. Verse 52. They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. Once again, they should check their facts. Okay, Jesus was born in Bethlehem not in Galilee. Also, had they searched the scriptures, they would have found that Jonah, Hosea, Elijah, Elisha, and others were from the northern kingdom and not from Judea. Which, what's the northern kingdom? Okay. This was after Solomon's civil war, 10 northern kingdoms and the two southern kingdoms, which was Judah and who? Benjamin. Remember, the king set up a False God would allow them to come down to where the holy city and worship. Okay. Verse 53. And every man went unto his own house. Okay, so once again, they didn't take him that day. But we know there'll come a time uh, after the Garden of Gethsemane, <clears throat> the Garden of, of what's called crushing or the wine press. Every man went to his own house. And and I'm sure many of them with questions like, man, what is going on? There's something about this man. But see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. They feared the Pharisees because they had the right to kick them out of the temple. And to be kicked out of the temple on that day was bad. Was bad. They, to be kicked out of that religious organization that Jesus uh, talked about, wailed about, showed up, preached to. Uh, he went to the temple. He was as a, he, he was a rabbi, a teacher, and he taught. But all they did was find fault in him. Who is this guy? He got the power to forgive sin. He says, he says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. They had no idea. They didn't know him. And do we know him today? We know him today. So, the great calling of that of this last for the last day of the feast was: any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. This holds true today. 
He that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is written in red in my Bible, which means Jesus said it. And the invitation is still open today. Have you received Jesus Christ? Or are you lukewarm, Laodicean? Do you want the Spirit of God to stir up something in your life? The Bible says stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Do you have a need today? Of course we all do. The song says, I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, pass me not, O gentle Savior. I call unto thee. We're living in the last days. The world as we see it is facing a cataclysmic move. The Bible says all creation groans. We're rat. Don't be caught sleeping and napping and incoherent to the Word of God. Accept Jesus Christ in your heart and life. Call upon his name today. Now the Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Make a conscious decision to, to, to turn and to go in another direction. Denounce every bit of evil in your life and denounce every affiliation you've got or have with the devil. And come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And it's not by merit, it's by grace. The Bible says he was chastised for our peace of mind. By his precious stripes, we are healed. God help us. Call on his name today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I know if you're on this planet, you're going through something. You're fighting a battle today. That, that goes without saying. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness, high places. And once again, I believe we're desensitized to the grip of the powers of darkness on this world. The Bible declares that Satan, for a time and a season, he's a pseudo God. Well, it's not going to last, but he is now, at this present time, God of this world. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would just save souls and heal bodies and touch mind, minds and break bondages and addictions off of people's lives, remove perversion and everything that goes against the word of God. You are our only deliverance, our only help. You said not by power, not by might, but by your spirit saith the Lord. And God, we need you. We need to be awakened, Lord. We need to be shaken. You said in your word that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you touch and heal and deliver and touch the people. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. He loves you. Thank God we love you. Time is so short. The trumpet really needs to be sounded loudly, shrieking like we talk about Jesus calling out. 
And Jesus stood and cried, shrieked, yelled to get the attention. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. While the water out of the pool of Siloam was being poured over the altar with the sacrifice, symbolic of the water that Jesus gives people freely, the water of the Spirit. Until next time, God bless. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not.